Hi everybody, Jimmy DeYoung, and welcome to Prophecy Today, a special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70. 70 years of age, that's how old the reborn state of Israel is. We're going to focus on that with our broadcast partners. I'll get the geopolitical perspective from Ken Temmerman. He's in southern France. We'll talk to him in just a moment. Going to David Dolan to cover the Middle East. He's got much to tell us. Winky Madad, an Orthodox Jew who lives in a very historic city himself, Shiloh. In fact, that was the location uh, for the Jewish nation 3,500 years ago when they first came into the Promised Land. He will reflect uh, how this all came about through history from the first event, really, that started it off. Uh, that was the Zionist Congress in Basel, Switzerland. We'll talk to Winky about that. John Rood will have the European Union update for us and tell you how significant the European Union is in this nation of Israel at 70 years of age. Jim Jr., he's there in Jerusalem. We're going to talk to Jim he and his brother Rick have this tour group. They're traveling during this special time. What a great time to be in Israel. You can come join us on one of our tours in the future. And David James will go to the Word of God and we'll look at a biblical basis for the Jewish state of Israel to be in existence today. Well, right after the broadcast, we're going over to Paducah, Kentucky, the Mount Zion Baptist Church. That's where we're going to be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sunday will be meeting at 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock in the morning, 6 p.m. in the evening at 5 o'clock, a prophecy Q&A. And then Monday and Tuesday at 6 p.m. with a Q&A an hour before. The pastor there would love to invite you all. This is a key time. I was just interviewed uh, by the Paducah newspaper, and they were asking some very important questions. In fact, the reporter himself got pretty excited about what I told him we'd be speaking on. Hope you can come and join us at the Mount Zion Baptist Church there in Paducah. Well, let's go now to Ken Timmerman in southern France. Ken, world leaders congratulating Israel on their 70th birthday. I've been as a journalist in attendance when some of these world leaders would come, and they, their statement would be, it's a miracle that these people scattered all over the world have come back into the land that God has given them. It is somewhat of a miracle, is it not? Well, it's a miracle, but it is built on blood and sweat and determination, pure grit. And I think one would have to say that Israel at 70 is certainly far stronger than she has ever been before. Uh, If you think back to the the War of Independence in 1948, it was really held on a shoestring. Uh, It was not a sure thing at all. And here we are 70 years later. Israel has essentially made peace with most of its immediate Arab neighbors, and including some of the more distant ones, such as Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, though technically at war with Israel, is really cooperating with Israel against the greater enemy they both see today, which is Iran. And Iran is now, uh, without a doubt, the biggest threat that Israel faces, but Israel is stronger than she has ever been before. And to prove that statement that Iran is their main enemy, just within the last 24 hours, an Iranian general in the Revolutionary Guard set a date for the destruction of Israel. That doesn't sound good for Israel, but Prime Minister Netanyahu made the statement right back, we're ready, let's get it on. 
<laughs> right. Well, what's interesting about this is that, you know, the Iranians have been increasingly bellicose, uh, increasingly belligerent in their statements uh, over the past year, past two years. But this is the first time that any uh, senior leader, and this is the uh, commander of the ground forces, who said, we have set a date. Now, he didn't say what the date was, but he says, we have set a date for the attack on Israel. Uh, Iranian leaders have not spoken in quite those terms before. This does constitute an escalation, and the Israelis have been watching facts on the ground with increasing consternation. In particular, our listeners might remember that drone that they shot down about 10 days ago that had come from the T-4 airbase in Syria into Israel. Well, it turns out it was an armed drone. Mm -hmm. It was not a surveillance aircraft. It was an armed drone on its way to attack Israel. Mm. That has never happened before where the Iranians directly have attacked Israel. Uh, so we are seeing a very, very significant increase in the tension between these two countries. And, and Iranian leaders believe they now have the weaponry that they produce mostly at home with help from North Korea, China and Russia, that they now have the weaponry to be able to uh, really do serious, serious damage to the state of Israel. And in that context, let's not forget the 100,000 missiles that Hezbollah has gotten from Iran on Israel's northern border, the direct Iranian military presence in Syria, and to the south, the, the thousands and thousands of missiles in the hands of Hamas. So Iran believes that they've got the upper hand, and you know we could see the beginnings of a hot war very soon. Well, at that the same time, remember last week we talked about the conversation between Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Putin. When Putin called the Israeli Prime Minister say, stand down as it relates to Syria. This was, of course, after the U.S. attack. And they were actually shouting at each other over the telephone. Uh, the Prime Minister of Israel making the statement, we can't stand down, we must protect ourselves. Actually, he said he was drawing a red line in the sand for Russia, uh, that uh, indeed it could possibly lead to war. We're going to have to go in. Russia means business. Israel means business. That doesn't look good. Again, this type of tension between Israel and Russia is pretty new. Netanyahu personally has had a good relationship with Putin. Putin himself uh, is said to like the state of Israel, to appreciate the state of Israel, to understand the, the historical importance of the state of Israel. He bought an apartment for his high school teacher, I believe it was, in Jerusalem because she was Jewish and made aliyah. So Putin has not shown himself to be personally hostile to Israel in the past. So for them to get into a shouting match over this is a pretty big thing. Talk to me, Ken. What's the latest on this uh, situation we were talking about a moment ago, uh, the attack by the United States and its allies on the Syrian chemical weapons operation? Russia continued to deny anything happened along that line. There is some report that uh, Russia has been tampering with that site. What do you know? Well, it would not be unusual and it would not be unexpected. You know, the Syrians and the Russians have already brought in several television crews, international television crews, including one from from uh, One American News Network, another BBC crew who uh, you could tell by the way the journalists were speaking. They were referring to ISIS as the terrorists, which is, of course, true, uh, but using the word terrorist over and over and over again in an area which has just been recently taken back by the Syrian government. It shows you that they were there with Syrian mining. 
minders at their backs. In fact, you could see the Syrian minders escorting them. So I would not be surprised if the Russians uh, were seeking to manipulate the evidence. But on the other hand, Jimmy, there are also reports that ISIS itself uh, may have been engaged in a Palestinian type Hollywood scenario where they actually staged the whole uh, attack uh-huh. using perhaps prisoners that they Syrian prisoners that they had been keeping for a number of years um, and uh, murdering them. Uh, so it's unclear. Right now, we're all waiting for the international monitors from the Organization for the Prevention of Chemical uh, Weapons to be allowed to visit the site. That should happen hopefully over the next couple of days. And then we should we should be able to see more clearly what's actually happened. Ken, late-breaking news uh, within the last 24 to 48 hours from Mar-a-Lago there in Florida, the Southern White House for President Trump, uh, that his CIA director was sent by the president over to meet with the North Korean leader. They had a conversation in a pre-meeting to set up that summit they're hoping to have And then the fact is that uh, South and North Korea talking about a peace agreement. Boy, this is quite new developments, are they not? It is. It's pretty big news. And the news was announced after Pompeo's confirmation hearing for Secretary of State. And, of course, nobody asked him (laughs) that particular question because it was still classified and it hadn't been released yet. Kind of, it, it must make some of the senators who were on the Foreign Relations Committee a little bit miffed that they hadn't been briefed on that. But yes, this is a huge, huge event. Uh, there has never been a high-level meeting like this ever between a U.S. Uh, senior ca- a cabinet official in this case and uh, the leader of North Korea. And of course, this, it's the, the, the purpose of the meeting is to lay the groundwork for the summit meeting between President Trump and, and the young Kim. Uh, I notice he's no longer calling him Rocket Man. A little Rocket Man, that's probably <laughs> to a point, uh, but he's already made Little Rocket Man understand what he thinks of him. And, uh, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I think President Trump could surprise us all. Very, very interesting developments. You're right on target. Talk to me about Turkey, Tayyip Erdogan, calling for snap elections in June. What's he trying to do? Strengthen his power over Turkey? I, I think that's right. His his term as president is up. It's a five-year term. It's up in 2019, in other words, next year. So he's advancing the elections by one year. Uh, what he has said about this is that he wants to have the new constitutional authorities that were uh, that were passed last year and be elected to a new term as president with these new authorities. I think this spells bad news for everybody. I am fairly confident that he will win re-election. Uh, and if he does so, uh, everything that you've seen so far in terms of a tendency towards dictatorship from Erdogan, I think will be accentuated. Well, do you believe that there's any chance anybody could beat him now? Uh, he does have an opponent in the elections who just formed a new center-right party. The Turkish state has a tendency, a very nasty habit of shutting down these new parties just as they become powerful and just as they begin to arouse and excite the electorate. So uh, I tend to think that he will get reelected. Absolutely. And Tayyip Erdogan, a real dictator, as evidenced by what Ken just had to say. Ken Timmerman, the man who covers geopolitical activities, he's doing it from his base there in southern France today. Ken, thank you so very much, my good friend. Appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. My pleasure, Jimmy. God bless. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's a Middle East News update. David Dolan, he's standing by all ahead right here 
on this special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70. How do you like your news? You know, Jimmy, folks are listening to the news every single day, but sometimes they're getting that liberal bent, and we want them to have a different look at the news. Jay, that's correct. I have listened to ABC, CBS, and NBC when I returned from Jerusalem back to the United States, having just witnessed a news event in the Middle East, and hear the commentators over here speaking something almost different. That's why I write the Until Newsletter, and it takes the leading news stories of the month. I give the absolute truth behind all the details in those headlines, and then we look at it from a prophetic perspective. I want to give you the insight from God's Word as to how the political is setting the stage for the prophetic to be fulfilled. And Jay's going to give you the phone number how you can get your free copy of Until the Prophecy Newsletter. Just give us a call at 8-PROPHECY-8. That's 877-674-3298. The book of Revelation is God's final word to man and the timeline of the last days revealed to the Christians. This symbolism-filled example of apocalyptic literature can be difficult to understand, especially when simply reading it from beginning to end. Dr. Jimmy DeYoung's latest book, Revelation, A Chronology, takes a walk through the prophetic book of Revelation in the order that the events will take place, chronologically, sharing insights into its true meaning and doing so in an easy-to-understand and practical way. If you have difficulty understanding the book of Revelation, get your copy of Revelation, A Chronology, and let Dr. Jimmy DeYoung aid you in your understanding of this profound end-times prophecy book that God has preserved in His Scriptures for Christians in the last days. To order your copy of Jimmy D. Young's Revelation, a chronology, call us toll-free at 877-674-3298 or visit our website at prophecytoday.com. Welcome back to Prophecy Today. I'm Jimmy D. Young. I'm here at Broadcast Central, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Right after this broadcast, we head out to Paducah, Kentucky. I like that name, Paducah. Anyway, we're going there to the Mount Zion Baptist Church. We'll be there two sessions on Sunday morning, 9 and 10, 6 p.m. in the evening, and then Monday and Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. as well. Half hour before each session at Prophecy Q&A. Hope you can come and study. We're in a time in history, our present-day history, when we need to understand God's prophetic scenario for the end times. It's absolute, and I want you to come and join us as we study Mount Zion Baptist Church Paducah, Kentucky. Well, as promised, David Dolan with his Middle East News Update. It's key, especially on this special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70. We're excited about the fact that we can report there is a Jewish state in place in the Middle East in its original homeland, and it's 70 years old. Now, David, you have been covering this state and the entire Middle East for over 35 years, and I've got some other guys coming up. Winky Madad will also have Jim Jr., who's in Jerusalem. Uh, but a, a journalist who's covered the state of Israel for so many years, half of their life, in fact, talk to us. What's your reflections on this 70th birthday? Well, Jimmy, when I moved to Israel in 1980, they were just about to celebrate their 33rd uh, anniversary, which seemed remarkable, such a young country, so vibrant, so alive, and yet so ancient. 
speaking a language that had virtually disappeared as a daily language for nearly 2,000 years. I mean, the story is the most incredible national story, let alone the Bible, let alone the prophets, let alone the promises God has made to the Jewish people. It's the most remarkable story on earth of any people, and it just is. And, of course, Satan opposes and uses people to oppose. We had a Palestinian truck, Jimmy and Jenin, uh, north of uh, Jerusalem that was loaded with explosives, was trying to get across the border on on Wednesday in order to carry out an attack on Israel's Independence Day, which began Wednesday evening at sundown. And it's still going on today, Jimmy, because of it being the 70th anniversary. They've extended it to three days. So on the Sabbath today, there's still all sorts of celebrations and things going on as there were yesterday and Thursday. But thank God that bomb was prevented. Another Palestinian with a knife was intercepted on his way to carry out some terror attacks. So it went along pretty peacefully, a remarkable country, but still, of course, wars raging all around her, threats uh, against Israel, uh, having to stand strong. But when that military, when the Air Force uh, put on its annual display, I've seen it so many times over the years, over the skies of Jerusalem on Thursday, and when with Israeli drones they made a Star of David over the sky, a bunch of drones involved in that, a remarkable display over the skies, and just giving the assurance to the people that the words of the Prime Minister Wednesday night at uh, the opening ceremony for the celebration that we are strong, our military's never been more prepared for any challenges, we're here, and we intend to protect this state to make sure that it lives much beyond 70 years. But a country born in a day in 1948, as Isaiah said would happen, still there, thriving, uh, wonderful. It's a great place to live. Well, indeed, they are 70 years old as a young nation among all the nations of this world. But there are many challenges ahead from this 70th birthday. Let's go through a couple of them with you. The first one, I think, probably most significant is a Iranian general with the Revolutionary Guard said the date is set for Israel's destruction. I don't know that they've ever said the date has been set. We don't know what the date is, but that's pretty strong warning to the Jewish state, isn't it? Indeed, uh, the second-in-command of the Revolutionary Guards made that threat. He said, we have all Israeli Air Force uh, bases in our targets. We can hit all of them. He said, we have the ability to drive, and he said this, to drive the Jews into the sea. That's something, of course, that Yasser Arafat and many other earlier Arab leaders repeated all the time. We're going to wipe Israel out, drive it into the sea couple other threats he made as well, and uh, the Israelis shot right back. Israeli Defense Minister Avidor Lieberman again repeated that Israel is very strong. He said, we have never been more prepared for war in our 70-year history. Of course, this is because Iran has been making these dire threats, these threats of destruction, total annihilation for many years now. So the Israelis have taken that seriously, as they need to, and have been preparing for that. And Jimmy, meanwhile, we're getting more information on the Israeli airstrike in Syria against a a Syrian military base. We now know that Iran had set up their its most advanced air defense system. They had brought that in and set it up. That's what Israel was really targeting. They've never confirmed that, but that's what all the press reports are now saying. So an active war going on, and Jimmy, meanwhile, for uh, Saudi troops were killed in what they're saying was an Iranian-inspired terror attack in southern Saudi Arabia. That's a new development. So 
this war is ongoing. It's really already happening, as I've said many times. It's just at a relatively low level, but the rhetoric is now to the point where really at any moment we could see trouble. And uh, whatever that date is, we don't know, but there is speculation, Jimmy, that Iran and uh, some of the others want to attack Israel around the middle of May, when, of course, Israel's Gregorian calendar, Western calendar, a date of creation, May 14th, 15th, uh, takes place. So uh, the Israeli forces will maintain their vigilance, and meanwhile the Palestinians continue these weekly demonstrations in the Gaza Strip, and that may be another thing you want to bring up. But this Friday they sent flaming kites across the border with Nazi symbols and other sorts of things on them. The Israelis warned them with leaflets not to approach the border fence, that if there's any attempt to tear it down, which they've been doing every week, there's going to be more deaths, and there were a few more Palestinians killed and wounded in the clashes on Friday. But they're really concerned that this is building up to a major event, which the Palestinians say it is, in mid-May, so the vigilance will continue. Now, the campaign still going on with the Palestinians every Friday, showing the force and their desire. It's called the March of Return. They want to come back into their ancestral homeland. I just think that's a misnomer. It's a, a, a thought that uh, it's an oxymoron. They've never had the opportunity to have a homeland in the state of Israel. And, in fact, since the Lord put these people, the Palestinian people, dating all the way back to the time of Esau. We're talking about 4,000 years ago, uh, Genesis chapters 36 and 37. God gave the land to the Jewish people, chapter 37, verse 1. He sent the Edomites, the descendants of Esau, over to southern Jordan, which is the area of Petra. But they're, they're going to continue to be a threat. The Palestinians are not going to go away, are they? No, they're not. And, of course, Hamas and Islamic Jihad, in particular, are working very closely with Iran in the uh, war against Israel. The threat continues. You know, Jimmy, the the reports this week uh, on the 70th anniversary in the media, I heard so many times of the charge from the Palestinians that the Israelis stole. They stole their land in 1948. Well, as you point out, the Bible makes clear that the land belongs to God, not the Jewish people per se, but to God, he has then turned it over to the Jewish people. And you know, Jimmy, that was what the Muslims taught that until recent decades. That was accepted as uh, what the Bible says, because, uh, you know, the Quran repeats it in one place, even, although elsewhere it contradicts that. But uh, that's what they believe, and then Israel came into existence, re-existence, rebirth, and is a thriving, powerful nation that has defeated uh, not only the Palestinians but other Arab forces in war many times now, and they don't like that, and they want to see it disappear, and uh, al-Nakba, the catastrophe they call it, and they're going to continue to war until the end, but again, as you pointed out, so the scriptures said, there would be strife between the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Esau being in there until the end. You know, it's also very important to remember that the Palestinians have the southern portion of the state of Israel, that's the Gaza Strip, and then in the middle part of the state, in Ramallah, uh, there's another branch of the Palestinian body politic as well. Got to watch them. Well, just as we conclude, quickly talk to me about two other enemies at Israel's northern border, Hezbollah and Syria, both wanting to destroy the Jewish state. Well, and both coordinating very, very closely today with Iran. That's the key element that wasn't there when I moved to Israel in 1980. There was no Hezbollah. 
Syria was at relative peace with Israel as it had been for many years then. Now we have Hezbollah. Now we have Syria welcoming Russia, welcoming Iran and other forces, and uh, Turkey in the north. And at least Egypt said this week they would stay out of that conflict, but others are getting involved too, Jimmy. And we're leading towards a major explosion. Again, the question is just when it's going to occur. And keep Israel in prayer. Her 70th year could be her most difficult yet. You know, when I listen to David Dolan, it sounds like he's reading out of the Bible. But he's reading the latest news, are giving us his insight on the latest news. What he's talking about was the prophetic scenario the ancient Jewish prophets wrote many years ago, and we're seeing that almost come to pass in the days in which we're living. David, that's why we have you along. Thank you so very much for this excellent report. You always do a great job. Appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. Glad to do it, Jimmy. God bless. We're going to take a break. Winky Madad, he is from Shiloh, one of the oldest cities in the state of Israel, 3,500 years old. He's going to reflect on this 70th birthday, modern-day Israel. It's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today. Hey, everyone. This is Dave James with the Alliance for Biblical Integrity. You hear me each week discussing current theological issues with Jimmy DeYoung on the Prophecy Today weekend broadcast. We founded the Alliance for Biblical Integrity because we saw a need for an apologetics and discernment ministry that would be an important resource for local churches, schools, and ministry organizations that face ever-changing theological challenges in today's world. I teach many different courses and seminars in the United States and around the world and can tailor the seminars for Sunday schools, Bible studies, and church services and the courses for weekend conferences of 6 to 10 hours. For more information, you can go to the ABI website at biblicalintegrity.org. That's one word, biblicalintegrity.org, and click on Courses and Seminars on the main menu. You can also contact me personally through the contact page on the ABI website. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Prophecy Today, a special edition Israel at 70 years old. What an exciting time it's been in the land of Israel. In this half hour, we'll be going to Israel in just a moment to talk with Winky Madad. And then later at the end of the half hour, before the news at the top of the hour, we'll go back and talk to Jim Jr. He and his younger brother Rick are there with our tour group. They arrived on Independence Day a couple of days ago. And the celebration is still going on, a 70-hour celebration for the 70 years. Well, this is a special edition of Prophecy Today as we honor the regathering and then the return of the Jewish state of Israel. Very, very important time, rebirth of the Jewish nation among all the nations of the world. And if we're going to talk to anybody about historic events happening in Israel, we have to talk with Winky Madad. He lives in a very historic city, Shiloh. It's the center part of the state, and actually it used to be the capital of the Jewish nation when 3,500 years ago uh, they were led by Joshua into the promised land. But now a promised state by the Lord. And Winky, in just a moment, will go to the Scriptures. We'll talk about Ezekiel chapters 34 to 37, Chapter 34, I'll bring all the Jews back into the land. 37, the Valley of Dry Bones prophecy talking about this. 
But first of all, let me ask you, as I remember, it was May the 14th and 15th that actually was the official day uh, that uh, David Ben-Gurion announced there in Tel Aviv that the Jewish state of Israel was once again a nation among all the nations of the world. Why the celebration in Israel at this time? Well, Jimmy, the 1948 situation was that the British mandate authorities, remember that the land of Israel had been given as a mandate from the League of Nations to Great Britain, decided to withdraw their forces and close down shop, if I could use that phrase, on May 15th. However, May 15th is the Sabbath. And so Ben-Gurion realized that he couldn't do a formal ceremony on the Sabbath itself. He didn't want to desecrate the Sabbath unnecessarily. And so simply they moved the day up until late afternoon of May the 14th, which is the fifth day of the Hebrew month of Iyar. And so as I hope our listeners should know by now, uh, Jewish holidays and festivals and commemorations are always according to the Hebrew calendar. Well, the 5th of ER is this past week fell on a Friday, but now to make sure that we don't run into problems of entering into the Sabbath in the evening, we moved back the day to Thursday, and that's the answer. It's a little bit complicated, but just remember... Jews have a different religion for many other peoples, which also includes a different calendar. And also, they are on the lunar system instead of the solar system. Uh, the Christian calendar, 365 days. The Jewish calendar, 360 days, 12 months of 30 days a month. Well, I wanted everybody to understand, not too many people recognize the fact that when I started talking about the 70th birthday, 70th Independence Day of the Jewish State of Israel, why here in the month of April? I wanted to take just a few moments with you, Winky, because you're quite the historian I want to talk about three different, I believe, important events that really led up to the establishment of the state, which, of course, you're celebrating the 70th anniversary of. Talk to me about the first Zionist Congress, Theodore Herzl, the Balfour Declaration, and the Partition Plan. Just give us insight as to how these led up to the announcement of the Jewish state. Jimmy, the dream of the return to Zion, as any Bible-reading person knows, is central to the Jewish people's existence. Uh, We did it coming back from the Babylonian exile, when the first temple was destroyed and we were exiled, we came back. And anybody who reads Jewish literature after the second temple uh, was destroyed, or any of the prophetic messages from Isaiah, from Jeremiah, Ezekiel, etc., know that the return to the land, the, the redeveloping, I even use the phrase resettling the land of Israel, is essential to Jewish national belief and identity. And so that was always with us. However, having lost political power and sovereignty in the land of Israel, nothing really happened much uh, over the years, except Jews returning, but as individuals or very small groups, or trying to stay in the land as much as possible. Uh, it's a long history, so I won't get into it. So the 1897 date, which you asked me about, is the first political 
convocation of representative Jews from over two dozen countries who came together in Basel in Switzerland, heeding the call of a man by the name of Theodor Herzl, himself a fairly assimilated Jew, but realizing that with Europe from the mid-19th century on gaining uh, in national uh, movements, decided the time for the Jews. The Balfour Declaration in 1917 was the recognition of one of the greatest power, basically at that time, Great Britain, by Lord Balfour, the Foreign Secretary, who said, yes, we recognize the right of the Jews to return to Palestine, the ancient historical homeland, and reconstitute their national home. So that gave us the first real diplomatic or universal diplomatic recognition, which was confirmed by the League of Nations. And then, as you said, the partition plan, I presume you're talking about the United Nations partition plan of 1947, was when the United Nations, the nations of the world, said the mandate will basically come to the end, its end, I should say, and West Palestine, west of the Jordan River, will again be divided between Jews and Arabs, which, of course, the Arabs never accepted, and the state of Israel, as I opened up, was declared on the 14th of May, the 5th of the Hebrew month of ER. You know, that's a very interesting development of how the land of Israel, the Jewish people, would come together with the Jewish man, Theodore Herzl, then with a Christian man who was a student of the prophetic word of God and said this did have to happen, Lord Balfour, and finally, when you look at the United Nations, and they were just brand new themselves, that partition plan, which was rejected by the Palestinian people, ultimately becoming the Palestinian people, but the Arab nations and the ones living, the Arabs living there in the land, that would be Israel. And then, of course, all of that coming together with the culmination of David Ben-Gurion announcing to the world on that 14th of May 1948. Half an hour he had to do that before the Sabbath started. Quite an interesting story when you go down to Independence Hall there in Tel Aviv. You're talking about wars, that first one, the War of Independence, starting just within hours after the announcement that Israel was a state among the nations of the world, when seven different Arab countries decided to try to wipe this new state off the face of the earth, about 700,000 people. That did not work, and in reality, that independence war has never come to an end, but you've had other wars along the way that have helped to build the state until this time of its 70th birthday, have we not? Jimmy... The Arabs of Israel have been supported by, as you said, invading Arab armies who supplied support even before they invaded in terms of irregulars across the border and uh, weaponry and, and arms and, and, and that sort of stuff. Immediately began on November 30th, and the next day, within hours of the declaration. Then we had the Sinai campaign because they closed down the Straits of Tehran to us. We couldn't get out water-wise. There was the Fidein that was the Arab infiltrators of the 1950s, the PLO, the Fatah was created in 64, we have the 67 war. And then afterwards, between 1968, Jimmy, and 1970, the Egyptians were firing across the Suez Canal in a war of attrition. And then 73, the Yom Kippur War, the Lebanon War, the First War. And even after we gave back the entire Gaza Strip, Jimmy, we've had about three or four now hostilities and major campaigns, if not wars, major campaigns uh, with the Arabs of Gaza, Hamas. So, yes, it's, it's, it's terrible to think 
that Israel, which has succeeded beyond expectations, not only for Jews and those living in the country, but for unfortunates and people who benefit from our science and technology all across the world, Jimmy, Asia, Africa, South America, and even the United States gets tremendous uh, defense support from Israel in terms of technology and scientific advancement, that we still have to talk about maintaining a strong army, and we hear from Iran and, of course, the Arabs who call themselves Palestinians and their terror network. It's simply, it's against God, God's desires and his plans. It's against man's normal morality. Uh, I don't know why we are still stuck in this situation. We will face it. We will overcome it with belief and faith and strength. One final thought. God's word says in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, I will bring you back into the land I promised you. Chapter 36 says, I do this because of my holy namesake. I made a promise. I have to do it. Chapter 37 talks about the bones coming together, the Jews scattered all over the world coming back into the land. But it also says in chapter 38, there's going to be an alignment of nations going to try to wipe you out. God again has promised to intercede and continue to protect his chosen people. Has he not? And isn't that really your future? Jimmy, with all other things that we carry with us, our faith, our hope, our determination, our science, and even military technology to keep us alive, safe, and secure, we also put God in our pockets, in a sense, and together we all march forward. Uh, We have a lot of uh, friends that help us, politicians and others, and even people Christians who come and and harvest and help us with what we have grown out here in in Judea and Samaria. And so, yes, we are very firm that we are doing the right thing, that people are helping us to do the right thing, and we will overcome all adversity. That is an absolute, according to the Word of God. Winky, what a joy for me to be able to talk to you about this 70th birthday, 70 hours of celebration going on in Israel. We were able to get Winky Madad to talk with us about it. Thank you so very much, my good friend. Happy birthday. Chak Sameach. We'll talk again soon. Jimmy, Chag Sameach. A happy Independence Day for us that we have been celebrating and will celebrate many more things together. Thank you very much. Goodbye to you and our listeners. What a conversation with Winky Madad. Looking at the 70th birthday of the Jewish State of Israel on this special Prophecy Today program, Israel at 70. Well, we're going to switch to another region of the world now, key to understanding Bible prophecy. It's the European Union. The man who deals with that for us, John Rood, actually lived in Brussels, Belgium, for over 30 years He's a man on top of what's happening in that key region for the scenario that's laid out in God's Word. John, uh, coming on the air, you and I both were on the Internet looking to see what was happening. And when we made contact a moment ago, uh, you said, hey, I just read this. And I said, well, I just read that as well. Let me give you this late-breaking news. Romania has just announced that they are going to move their embassy into Jerusalem. 
And uh, the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, said he knows of six other nations that are going to do that. John, Romania is the first of the European Union states, member states, that will be moving their embassy to Jerusalem. That's pretty significant, isn't it? I absolutely believe so. The world leaders, of course, are congratulating Israel on its 70th anniversary. President Trump had stated that his announcement of the transfer of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem was one of his proudest moments as President of the United States. Now we have this breaking news of Romania uh, moving their embassy to Jerusalem. And then I saw that Prime Minister Netanyahu was saying that there will be a preferential status for the first ten nations that do so. So it appears to be a trend that is significant and will stick, Romania being the first European Union nation to announce is interesting because you usually don't get uh, so much uh, unilateralism on the political level. Most likely, there is a basis of the European Union in Israel is based on economic agreements, but here's a country that's making a move because of principle. So this is an entirely different thing. Wow, that's a very interesting thought. I didn't even realize that was the case. This is late-breaking news, John, on top of it, for us here on Prophecy Today. Quite interesting uh, birthday gift, Romania saying we'll move our embassy to Jerusalem on this 70th birthday of the State of Israel. And, uh, you know, this may be a trend. If they're the first domino to fall, maybe others in the European Union. For example, the United Kingdom. Now, they're still in the EU. They haven't completely pulled out yet. But, John, as you think about the history of the European Union, United Kingdom played a key role in the outset of all that unfolded with the Balfour Declaration after World War I and everything else that happened to the operation of a new state, a Jewish state among the nations of the world, Israel. United Kingdom was key, wasn't it? Yes, it's actually a hundred years ago, the Balfour Declaration, where Britain committed itself to the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. At that time, Britain was fighting the Ottoman Empire, and this was their way to arouse Jewish support. Now, there's a bit of a parallel, because we see with Brexit, the United Kingdom is now looking to the United States and Israel as allies. So the U.K. uh, policy right now appears to be turning towards a greater protection for Israel. And what about the European Union? You think they may follow suit, the dominoes falling into place, as I said a moment ago? Well, the European Union role and the rebirth of Israel... It has had very difficult uh, origins. The EU, for decades, has always taken one-sided stands pro-Palestinian state and against Israel. One time I had a conversation with a member of the European Parliament, and I asked, why is it that the EU can be so one-sided against Israel when, at that time, the EU was not to have any formal foreign policy? And he he said to me, that's a very good question. I'm going to bring that up in session. (laughs) And uh, when I was online yesterday, I actually saw that he had done that. Wow. (laughs) Actually, Israel is a Euro-Mediterranean partner of the EU. And so not very well known, but the EU has worked very hard to assimilate the entire 
geographic area of the ancient Roman Empire, uh, one of the many, many reasons pointing to it being a revived Roman Empire. So the Euro-Mediterranean Partnership, Israel is a part. Uh, the EU has had joint parliamentary sessions with these group of nations, and it includes the Middle East and North Africa. And perhaps the most interesting connection with the EU and Israel throughout this history since the rebirth, uh, Winston Churchill had made a speech calling for a creation of the United States of Europe in 1946. Then, 1951, we have the European Coal and Steel uh, Agreement. 1958 is when the European Economic Community formed. So that is actually after Israeli statehood. But the point is this very significant, there is only one end time. So if we have the prophecy fulfilled with the rebirth of Israel, it only makes sense that the revived Roman Empire in its form and transitioning would be occurring at the same time. There is no other plausible explanation for this than today's European Union. Wow, what a statement. Folks, you need to go back and re-listen to that statement that John just made. You can do that by going to my website, prophecytoday.com. Go to PTRN. We'll post separately this interview with John Rood. You need to go there and hear what he said. Only one in time. And that's what the Bible calls for. And that's why we have John on the air with us to give us insight from this key region of the world, the European Union, and how they play into that end-time scenario. John, excellent, excellent report today. Appreciate it so much, my good friend. Thank you so very much. Very important conversation with John Rood, helping us to understand what's going on in the European Union, but also the key role that Europe played in the establishment of the Jewish State of Israel. On this special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70 years old. Well, we have the unique opportunity of having a tour group in the land. In fact, they arrived on Thursday, which was Independence Day for the Jewish State of Israel. Jim Jr. and his younger brother Rick were there at the airport, Ben-Gurion Airport, to pick them up and bring them back to Jerusalem. And uh, they're going to be traveling throughout the entire state of, of Israel, then over to Petra in Jordan, and they're going to have a great time. I can guarantee it. Uh, Jim, when the people arrived there at Ben-Gurion and you were able to meet them, you and Rick, were they excited about the fact that they had arrived in Israel on their 70th birthday? Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's kind of hard to not be excited I mean, when you're flying in. Um, whether it be LL or any of the airlines that you fly in on, everyone's talking about the 70th birthday of Israel, the anniversary of Israel becoming a nation. And uh, when you land at the airport, there are flags everywhere. People are very happy and uh, just looking forward to getting into the country and driving and seeing everybody out at picnics and barbecues and family singing, all kinds of things going on. You know, I have to tell you and be honest, Jim, and you're probably the same way, but when I'm flying into Israel, I've been doing that since 1983, the very first time I went over. 
when that airplane comes across the Mediterranean, you can see the shoreline of Israel. My heart just starts beating. I mean, unbelievable. And I'm excited. We're flying into a land that God brought into existence for his chosen people. So first time for these people that you're touring with this time. Uh, they are, I'm sure, very excited about what is going on. Were you able to participate? They got in late on Thursday in activities are happening over a 70-hour period of time, as I understand it. Have they been able to get in on any of the activities at all? Uh, Jerusalem, uh, as they got here in the evening, is very, very quiet. Remember, the day is spent celebrating with picnics uh, as we went down to the airport to get the folks. There were thousands upon thousands of people uh, lining the main streets and in the parks and, and having barbecues. So they've been going at this uh, almost with yesterday's memorial service on Wednesday and then the evening of Wednesday night. They started celebrating Independence Day and then celebrating all day with the flyovers, the airplanes flying over, all kinds of activities going on in the cities and different areas. I think people are pretty tired, and Jerusalem is pretty quiet tonight. Well, and your people were pretty quiet as well, I'm sure. Pretty tired after flying from Los Angeles all the way over to Ben Gurion Airport. Jim, a number of years ago, uh, we, when we were running the radio station there in New York City and had Jewish programming six hours every evening, we sent you over to uh, be our liaison between the state of Israel. Morty Delinsky, who was the head of the government press office at that time, you actually produced a newscast uh, that Morty would give to the people in New York City. And in fact, at that time, there were more Jews living in New York City than there were in Israel. But so you've had an opportunity to live in the land now for maybe 20, 25 years. You've been doing tours. You started with me. You're now the main tour teacher on these tours that we take into the land of Israel and the other lands of the Bible. Uh, just take a moment, if you will, share your heart. Um, what does it mean to you to be there at this time, the 70th birthday of the Jewish state of Israel? Well, being on this side of 35 years looking back, towards when I first came here. I mean, I can remember landing uh, and being here, working, even seeing some of the very first refuseniks coming out of Russia. Uh, Natan Sharansky, I was here when he landed at Ben-Gurion, and then we followed him up. Dave Dolan and I, <laughs> one of our other guests on, our, on your radio program, we followed him up to the Western Wall as he first made his entrance in. And, you know, after being here and seeing the different uh, over the years, we were here for the 50th anniversary, you and I, and we saw the flyovers then as they spelled out in the sky 50 uh, for 50 years. The one thing that we can prove that God exists and, and hold tangibly in touch are the Jewish people. And to go all these years and, and to see God continue to bless the, the state of Israel, to see it grow, to see it thrive, to see more and more people returning to the land, prophecy being fulfilled as we see that take place, the desert blooming. It really is. As I was driving in today, I was telling our group, you know, the first time I drove up this highway, highway number one going in up to Jerusalem, it was a two-lane road, and now it's a six-lane highway. So, you know, we've seen the progress over the years, and it really is encouraging to me to see how God faithfully continues 
to bring the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. He's got a program for the Jews, and we are still going to see that God is not finished with the Jewish people yet. And what thrills my heart is the fact that our two sons, Jim Jr. and Rick, are now involved so much in our ministry, they basically are leading our tour operation to the land of the Bible, and in particular the main focus on the Jewish state of Israel. Jim, what I think is so exciting, and let me hear what you think about this, the fact is we take these dear people who decide to travel with us to Israel, we show them the past, we experience the present, and then we visualize the prophetic, what's going to happen in this piece of real estate God has given to the Jewish people. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly, Dad. In fact, today I told the group, my my goal as they come here, and I love to teach, is to help them connect the dots. You know, as they've been reading the Bible all these years, they hear these special Bible stories. Well, now they connect the dots, and they are here, and they can draw that line and make it a, a complete story for them as they understand God's program here on this earth. Well, it's a thrilling experience. I've done it for so many years. The boys have taken over now, and they're experiencing that same kind of opportunity. And I love just, Jim, to watch the people's eyes get larger and larger and larger as we show them so many things. They have to come a couple of times to really catch everything because we're going so quickly through the land, don't they? They sure do. We tell them it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. So, <laughs> yes, they're here. It's sensory overload, for yeah, sure. Absolutely, buddy, absolutely. Well, maybe you slow down a little bit for them, but uh, it'll be a great time. Hey, Jim, you and Rick take care of our people now, and uh, take care of yourselves as well. And uh, we'll be praying for you while you're touring the land of Israel during this 70th birthday. Thanks, Dad. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to be talking with David James. We're going to look at the biblical perspective as it relates to what God's Word has to say for the return of the Jewish people to the land He has promised them. That's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today. Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome back to Prophecy Today. This is a special edition, Israel at 70. We've had some great broadcast partners give us information about what's going on, current events across this world that seem to be setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. And it's all been focused on the 70th birthday of the Jewish state of Israel. Going to have one more conversation, David James standing by. We'll be talking to David with a look from the biblical perspective as why Israel is a nation among the nations of the world, their present fulfillment of prophecy, and what will happen in the future. Keep the dial set for that. Judy and I take off for Paducah, Kentucky, right after the broadcast. We're going to be at the Mount Zion Baptist Church. Dr. Wes Connor is the pastor there. He invites everybody in that listening area to come over and join us for a study of Bible prophecy. Boy, you've got the birthday, the 70th birthday of Israel. You've got the situation in Syria. You've got Iran, a threat to the Jewish state. What a time in history to talk about Bible prophecy. We'll do that all 
day Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Paducah, Kentucky. Come join us if you will. Let me give you the poll question. Please answer it before you go away today from all of your thinking about Bible prophecy. Here's the question this week. The Jewish state of Israel celebrated its 70th birthday. Do you believe this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy as foretold by the ancient Jewish prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 37? Please answer the poll question. Love to hear what you have to say. Remember, Jim and Rick are in Israel with one of our tour groups. You can come and join us on one of the future tour groups. I think about six or seven the rest of this year and into next year as well. Go to my website, prophecytoday.com. Go to Joshua Travel, and there you can find out more information about traveling in the land of the Bible with Prophecy Today. We now bring to these microphones David James. This is a special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70. And so I thought it would be key if we'd spend some time with David talking about God's program throughout the Word of God for the Jewish state of Israel, the past, the present, and the future. In fact, when I take a look at the book, I will emphasize what David has to say and bring some additional information to the table. So for the next uh, almost half hour, we're going to be dealing with what God's Word has to say about this Jewish state, unique in all the world from the four corners of the earth. God brings his people, his chosen people, back into the land. Of course, we have been talking on this broadcast about Israel's 70th anniversary as a nation among these nations in the world. And I decided to ask David, if he would, to help us think about Israel's role in God's program as laid out in the Scriptures. Go ahead, please. Help us understand, David. Well, yes, I think this is a a great topic for us to talk about, and of course we touch on this from time to time as current events dictate. I show that very clearly that the nation of Israel has the, I would say, the most prominent role of any nation in the Word of God, beginning in Genesis 12. And, you know, there have been many powerful and important nations throughout history, and, of course, nations that have been much larger and and more powerful than the nation of Israel. But there's certainly not one that has been more important. And as we look at the future yet for the nation of Israel, that they will actually be the center of world attention and be the ruling nation for a thousand years during the millennial reign of Christ, and then as we go into the future, they will retain that distinction. You know, it's so exciting to even mention the name Israel. I've been using it on my lips, of course, for 26 years when Judy and I lived full-time in Jerusalem. But I think that uh, Israel is a key word used three different ways, I believe, in the Bible. And uh, the first way, of course, the name that you're going to talk about in a moment for Jacob, and and then uh, when you're talking about all 12 nations, and then uh, the 10 nations who split from the two nations in the south went to the north. So, David, if you will, remind us of this name Israel in the Bible. For example, when remind us when Israel was first used, what does the name Israel mean, and how many times is it mentioned in God's Word? 
Well, we first find the mention of Israel in Genesis chapter 32, and this is a really interesting story, and it's really difficult to understand exactly the purpose of what happened there. There was a, a night when the angel of the Lord appeared to Jacob, and he wrestled with Jacob throughout the night. As the angel of the Lord was about to depart in the morning, Jacob wanted him to bless him, and at that time, Jacob's name was actually changed to Israel. So this is Abraham's uh, grandson, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel there in Genesis chapter 32. And then he had 12 sons. Those were obviously the children of Israel. And so that's where we get that phrase, the children of Israel. The name Israel, there's a couple of different ways to understand it. One could be God fights and prevails, or it can mean he who struggles with God. And both of them would have significance for the nation of Israel, for Jacob and his descendants. And as you said, the person, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, it was used of the 12 tribes as a whole and then of the northern kingdom as the nation split after Solomon's death. Now you've just reminded us, David, of how the name Israel is used for Jacob, for the 12 tribes, and for the 10 who went north. First of all, there in chapter 32 of the book of Genesis. But the history of the nation actually goes back to the call of Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12. Take a moment here and give us some of the historical context for the Lord raising up this new nation, a nation that had never existed before. Right, and before I, I get to that, one other point, how many times Israel is used in the Bible. Actually, it's found over 2,500 times in the Old Testament, and it's found uh, nearly 80 times in the New Testament, so it has great significance. Now, as far as God raising up the nation of Israel, the historical context actually comes in the aftermath of the Tower of Babel, as we talked about maybe even last week or the week before, that Nimrod, the one-world king, the leader of the world who had a one-world government and wanted to establish a one-world religion and was in defiance of God. In order to divide the world up, God divided the, the world into nations by creating multiple languages. Prior to that, there was just one language spoken on the earth. So God split mankind into multiple nations, and out of one of those men, a descendant of Shem, who was a son of Noah, God called uh, a man named Abram at the time. God changed his name later to Abraham, but called Abram out of what was that area of Babylon, and he gave him seven promises as part of that calling, seven promises there in Genesis chapter 12, and the Abrahamic covenant was put into place in five stages in chapter 12 of Genesis, chapter 13, two stages in chapter 15, and then again in chapter 17, and then God affirmed his covenant with Abraham to Isaac, his son, in Genesis chapter 26, and then to Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel in Genesis chapter 28. So it was in that context that God raised up a new nation that never existed before and through whom the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ, would come. David, one of the things that I think might not be understood by some of us is how the children of Israel also came to be known as Jews or the Jewish people. 
Right, and it is something uh, that could be confusing to some, and some may not be aware of that. Of course, as we mentioned, Israel, or Jacob, had 12 sons, and one of his sons' names was Judah. Then, after Solomon died and his son Rehoboam took power from him, he was a very harsh taskmaster. So one of the generals of uh, Solomon's army, Jeroboam, split the nation and took 10 tribes to the north to be centered in Samaria, while two tribes, Judah and Ben, Benjamin remained in the south. The two kingdoms, the northern kingdom was known as Israel and the southern kingdom was known as Judah, and the word Jew actually comes from the word Judah. It's a shortened form of the word Judah, and the people as a whole, even the two kingdoms over a period of time, it's just a a matter of uh, historical development and evolution. The entire nation came to be known as Jews, which comes from the name of one of Jacob's sons. I believe four of the most important covenants in Scripture are between God and His chosen people, Israel. I think it would be very helpful, David, to just briefly explain for our listeners what these covenants are and why they indeed are so significant. Well, we've already talked about the Abrahamic Covenant in Genesis 12, 13, 15, and 17, and again, as I said, confirmed to his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob. And there are three major components of the Abrahamic Covenant, and that is that his descendants would receive a land, he would have many descendants, and he would be a blessing, and the whole world would be blessed through him, which is a reference to ultimately the nation of Israel being a blessing to the world, but a especially through the coming of the Savior. Then you have a land covenant, which is at the end of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, 29, and 30, which is an expansion of what God had promised to Abraham. Then you have the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel 7, where God promises through the prophet Nathan to David that he will prepare a place for his covenant nation, the nation of Israel, that he would put them in that place, that he would give them rest from their enemies, and that uh, God would establish a dynasty through David and, a, and an eternal kingdom. And then in Jeremiah 31, as well as Ezekiel 36, we have the new covenant where, where God is going to make a new covenant, not like the Mosaic covenant, but one in which the hearts of God's people uh, will be changed and they will embrace him and turn to him. And as Paul says, all Israel will be saved. And these are so significant because these are eternal unconditional covenants dependent only upon the faithfulness of God, and even failure of Abraham and his descendants, or David and his descendants, would not remove them from the covenant. You know, I think I'll never forget December of last year when President Donald Trump formally recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, the political capital, and he announced plans to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. Now, this is significant in world history because Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the Jewish people, but also of the entire world, is it not? Well, that is true, and I already made reference to that earlier, and I think it's worth repeating that we know that Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. We know that even going back to the creation, that the Jewish rabbis believed that Mount Moriah, where the the Holy of Holies was in the in the temple, was the place of creation of Adam. It's a place where Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, that David captured that city 
and from the Jebusites and established it as the, the center of God's kingdom. It has always been God's plan to establish a kingdom here on the earth. And uh, even though God is not dealing directly with Israel as a nation at the moment during this church age, he will once again, after the rapture of the church and with the return of Jesus Christ to the Mount of Olives, he will uh, win the Battle of Armageddon. He will build the fourth temple, the Millennial Temple, and, and he will rule and reign from Jerusalem. And and then in uh, eternity future, there will be a Jerusalem on the new heavens and new earth, as well as the new Jerusalem that descends out of heaven. It couldn't be a more important place. David, I think this was a very important discussion that we had today, because even among evangelicals, they're promoting the idea that the nation of Israel has forfeited the promises of God made to her, and that the church has now replaced Israel in God's program. This is dangerous, is it not? Well, it really is, because it goes to the heart of what we talk about all the time, and that's how we handle the Word of God. We take it literally, we understand it in its grammatical and historical context. And as I already said, those four promises, those four covenants that God made with His people, those are eternal and unconditional. So since it depends only upon the faithfulness of God, if the Church has in fact replaced Israel, then that means that God would not be faithful to those promises, and we know that God certainly is faithful, and this is important not only for the nation of Israel, but for even our own salvation, which depends upon the faithfulness of God. David James with a conversation that he and I have on a weekly basis and taking the Word of God. He came to this broadcast table with Bible in hand to give us the biblical basis for a nation called Israel, a Jewish nation among all the nations of the world. David did a great job. Thank you so much, my good friend. And we'll have another issue we're going to deal with next week. Thanks, Jimmy. Always great to be with you. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to conclude this special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70, when I take a look at the book and we'll understand God's prophetic plan for the Jewish people. It's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today. In today's world, a biblical worldview and a proper understanding of biblical prophecy should be a priority. At a time when many false doctrines are entering the church at a frightening pace, we must be able to rightly divide God's Word in order to live a pure and productive life for Him. If you would like an in-depth understanding of biblical prophecy, let me challenge you to consider Dr. Jimmy DeYoung's School of Prophets. The School of Prophets is an online study for the layman or student pursuing a master's or doctorate degree. Dr. DeYoung's online study program will allow you to develop a timeline of biblical prophecies of the past, as well as future prophecies yet to be fulfilled. Your personal study of God's Word will only be enhanced by Dr. DeYoung's School of Prophets, and your life will be changed as you better understand, like Daniel, where you fit into God's calendar of events. If you're interested in developing a deeper understanding of God's prophetic Word, let me personally invite you to become involved in Dr. Jimmy DeYoung's School of Prophets. Call today at 8-PROPHECY-8. That's 877-674-3298. Or visit us at schoolofprophets.org. Prophecy Today is heard all across the USA on the Prophecy Today radio network, but also it is heard around the world through our website at prophecytoday.com. And Jay, there are many other features on our prophecytoday.com website, like daily news updated out of the Middle East as it pertains to what's happening prophetically. Special reports can be heard right on our website at prophecytoday.com. We have Prophecy Q&A available for you. Questions asked in the past can be answered on the website 
website if you just check it out and go to that particular spot. Prophecy Quiz is available, and parts of our Prophecy Today program, if you should miss any part of it, will be heard the next week right here at prophecytoday.com. And don't forget, you can even email your questions to us for our live radio broadcast. Just go to our website at prophecytoday.com. You'll be amazed, you'll be surprised at what you'll find on our website. Be sure to visit us at prophecytoday.com on the World Wide Web. It's time right now here on Prophecy Today for us to take a look at the book. This has been a special edition of Prophecy Today, Israel at 70, their 70th birthday, the 70th anniversary of the announcement of a Jewish state to the nations of the world back in 1948, Israel's Independence Day. On our broadcast this weekend, we had our broadcast partners who came to the broadcast table with information that was very, very key to our entire discussion, especially on this special edition of Prophecy Today. I want to remind you, you can go to my website. If you had to miss any of the broadcast, you can go to my website, prophecytoday.com. Go to Prophecy Today Radio Network, PTRN. There you can find each and every one of these interviews I did with the men who came with their microphones and reports to the table to give us the insight we needed to have. Again, that address, prophecytoday.com, PTRN, Prophecy Today Radio Network, And do me a favor, tell a friend. Let them get involved in hearing what my broadcast partners had to say. It gives them great insight to understand we're living in the time that the Bible calls the end times. I loved what John Rood had to say. There's only one end times, and that's what we're looking at according to the Word of God and what it is saying to each and every one of us. We had Ken Timmerman. He was in southern France. We talked about the fact that world leaders recognize the significance, many of them saying it's a miracle, uh, that these people, the Jewish people from four corners of the earth, scattered for some 2,000 years, have come back into the land, and now they are a nation right there in the Middle East. Now, the Middle Eastern nations, the others, All Islamic do not want the Jewish state to be there, but they are there, they are prospering, and of course that really irritates the Islamic world. Ken gave us a great report on additional issues you want to re-listen to what he had to say. David Dolan had his Middle East news update. Of course, he has seen many Independence Days there in Jerusalem. In fact, David has served as a journalist in that part of the world almost half the entire time that Israel has been a state. David helped us to recognize the high security that's going on right now and what the challenges for the Jewish state are ahead for these people in that very rough neighborhood. We talked with Winky Madad. Winky gave us some historic background, talking about some of the events politically that played out early on. Within the last 150 years, there's been a number of political decisions made by the political leaders in our world that really set the stage for this nation to become a nation. And John Rood gave us a European Union update 
the United Kingdom was a key player in the establishment of the Jewish State of Israel, and the United Kingdom and the rest of the European Union will be a major force in the tribulation period to come, because the European Union, in my belief, is the infrastructure for the revived Roman Empire. Had a great conversation with Jim Jr. He has our tour group. Boy, they arrived on Independence Day. What better day to arrive in the Jewish state of Israel and then spend the next 10 days walking where Jesus walked, understanding Israel past, Israel present, and Israel future. Always love to talk with my boys when they're there with our tour group in Israel. David James gave us a biblical basis upon which we can understand God has a plan for the Jewish people. It's not over. God is going to bring his kingdom to the Jewish people through his son, Jesus Christ, and it's going to be eternal according to the promises of God. Well, you might want to go back and re-listen to all of my broadcast partners. Go to prophecytoday.com, PTRN, Prophecy Today Radio Network, and be sure to tell a friend. But on this special edition of Prophecy Today, I want to talk about Israel at 70. Let's think of the past for a moment. The Abrahamic covenant, which David talked about, was given to the Jewish people in Genesis chapters 12 and 15. He said, I will make you a nation, a nation that will be forever. And when he put the Jewish people on this earth, he made them the center of the earth, the city of Jerusalem in particular. That's Ezekiel 5, 5. The Lord divided the nations among the peoples of the world, Deuteronomy 32, 8, according to the Jewish people. And he chose the Jewish people, Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 8, to be the nation, a prominent nation. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy 28 says in the first 14 verses, said that the Jewish people will be their greatest nation in the world, if you obey me. Presently, we're looking at a nation that has come together miraculously from the four corners of the earth after 2,000 years of being out of their homeland. It started with the Zionist Congress back in 1897 in Basel, Switzerland. That kicked this off Zionism, the return to the land of the Jewish people. The Balfour Declaration, according to the United Kingdom, written actually by Lord Balfour, a born-again Bible believer, and that the Jewish people had a right to be a nation among the nations. So the past and the present are evident as we look back over what has happened. But what about the prophetic? Well, God's Word, and in particular in the Davidic Covenant and the New Covenant, Two of those very important four covenants that God gave the Jewish people says the Jews will come back into the land. He will make Jerusalem their capital city. They'll never be driven from that city again. He will set up his kingdom. A son of King David, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, has that promise, and you can't not get rid of the Davidic covenant. The new covenant is for the Jewish people. It says in chapter 31, verse 31 of Jeremiah, for Israel and Judah, he says the Jewish people will become his people. He will become their God. Those are absolute promises the Lord made to the Jewish people. The kingdom will be given to the Jews. That's the only people on this earth that the kingdom has been promised to the Jewish people, and that is coming at the end of the tribulation period. By the way, that seven-year period of time is for the purpose of bringing the Jews to Jesus Christ as their Messiah 
and making ready for the kingdom he has promised to give them. But I must quickly remind you, before all of these prophecies are fulfilled in the future, as far as the Jewish nation of Israel is concerned, the rapture takes place for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That rapture actually could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until... Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Jay Johnson inviting you to join us again next week for more of Prophecy Today.